Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Send the tweets, send the hot takes, at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. We are back and better than ever with SEC football all over CBS, all over the area. It feels great. It feel, You know what? It feels right that I'm from the north and I am not an Ohio State fan, even though I live in the state of Ohio, and I am loving SEC football. I, God, when you finally liberate yourself – I feel fantastic. I am busting. I'm watching Ole Miss in Florida. I'm watching Kentucky against Auburn. It's a fantastic time for everybody. Fantastic for everybody. Saw a little Eastern Carolina earlier today. It's fantastic. Also, remember, tomorrow the NFL on CBS features some fantastic matchups featuring the league's top contenders, including the Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders are a top contender. On the road against the Patriots and Deshaun Watson and the Texans taking on the Steelers. It all starts with JB and the guys getting you set for the day starting at tomorrow at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific. Only on CBS, 855-2124-CBS. Real quick on L.A., it just makes sense. Or excuse me, on Las Vegas, I should say. I was watching that game on on, on Monday night, and I, we talked a little bit about Drew Brees. Sam Monson joined us in the first uh, the first hour. He was great, uh, saying that he might be willing to go to Jameis Winston instead of Drew Brees for the rest of the year. Already. We're, we're two weeks into the season. I disagree with a little bit of that, but Sam's great. Listen to that interview, CBSSportsRadio.com. Watching watching Vegas though, it's like man, this this just makes sense. Like that team has been nomadic since before I was born. I'm 34. My whole life, the Raiders have been a nomadic franchise that has argued with municipalities on stadiums and and facilities and where to go. And you look at the city of Las Vegas, and I know we're just getting out of the dark ages with gambling, which is a good and bad thing because I know actual. I know actual sharps. I'm not a gambler personally, but I, I've got to know some actual sharps. And they got to be losing their mind because guys like me are going, oh, these are my matchups for week two, and you hit the promo code. It's like, no. We're just knocking around and maybe costing you money. There's actual sharps out there that are doing a hell of a job. But now that, that we are done with this this weird, and part of it was fun. Some of the, some of the fun with it is, is dangerous fun. Back the, the back room of a barber shop or an Elks club or something like that with the gambling. It makes it fun. But now that it's out there in, in the open, the Raiders were always meant to go to Las Vegas, man. They were always meant for them. It just fits. They really should have always been there. From Oakland to L.A., they should have just been the, they should have been the Las Vegas Raiders in 1965. They really should have been. They should have been right there with Frank and Sammy and Dean. There's always people in people like going to Vegas. I've never been to Vegas. I'm sure someday I'll go to Vegas. It's just something you do. 
everybody kind of likes Vegas. Everybody kind of likes to have a little bit of dangerous fun in that way. Something seen a little bit, a little bit, because it's it's fun. It makes you feel special. You go out to Vegas. My remember, my late grandmother loved Las Vegas, Nevada. Loved Las Vegas, Nevada. And would and way back in the day, you're talking seventies, eighties. Let's scrape it up and let's get out there. Loved Vegas. And I think that's the way a lot of Americans lived. And I think when you look at the Raiders, unless you're a Chiefs fan, unless you're a big time Chiefs fan, or a Broncos fan. Maybe Chargers because of the history, but I'm not sure how hot that is anymore. Even though they're the same division, everybody, there's a lot of fans. You may have a favorite team. There's a lot of people like, kind of dig the Raiders. Hey, I'm a Browns fan. I kind of dig the Raiders. Al Davis, one of the coolest owners ever. Ben Davidson with Marilyn Chambers and behind the green door. There's a lot of fun there with the Raiders, man. There's something about that franchise that, a lot of people kind of gravitate towards. It's the same reason you watch Sons of Anarchy. Some danger. You kind of want to be tough. It's why we it's why we pay attention to the Hells Angels. And the Las Vegas Raiders, and formerly Oakland and formerly LA, they were always just sticking it to everybody. They played dirty. They were penalized. And they were still one of the greatest teams in NFL history. And there's just something there that people just like and they belong in Vegas because there's something there in Vegas that yes there's a seediness and it's a city of vice but there's something that's fun about it and it's just the perfect match if any other franchise were to go there or they would have started their own I don't think it would have been a perfect match as what it is with the Las Vegas Raiders sincerely mean that eight five five two one two four cbs and you know I, I I had doubts about John Gruden you know, they're 2-0. and They're looking good. You know, they started off pretty well last year. I still worry about Derek Carr and when the shoe's going to drop with him. I worry about the history that Derek Carr and John Gruden have. Because it, John Gruden has basically openly gone after Derek Carr. Maybe that's going to make Derek Carr better over time. Derek Carr seems to be playing with a chip on his shoulder. And, uh, yes, I've called John Gruden, and I'm not going to back away from it just yet. I think that he's become a TV show host, and I think he's become a glorified TV show host. But good football's good football. They're playing winning good football. I'll take what the Raiders are doing. And I, even though I have my doubts, John Gruden still comes with a resume. John Gruden can talk tough. It's weird. He he's a, he seems like a likable guy, a nice guy. He's a head coach. You know there's a nasty side to him. And you know if he really wanted to, if they were in the media, he could probably dress down anybody, including myself, for anything we just said about John Gruden, anything I just said about him. But he doesn't do that. He always catches more flies with honey. There's some funness to him. He does seem to be the right guy for the right team in the right place, and maybe at the right time. We'll see. That part I question. But there's something there that John Gruden can say what he wants, do what he wants. He has a resume. He has a history. He can do that. It's guys like John Gruden that make me that much more disappointed with guys like Matt Patricia or Adam Gase. Gase is at least trying to be quiet I haven't heard that much of Gase. Now, Hickey, you might know better, and I I hear the press conferences. I don't see or I don't hear Adam Gase getting really nasty with the media. Like, there's been a couple times I'm sure he's he's looked like he's been bothered by the line of questioning, but you just lost the game. You have to stand out there and face the music. Exactly, yes. He has never made excuses, per se. So so even though I'm not a fan of, of Adam Gase, and I do think that he is a guy that took advantage of Peyton Manning, 
and put himself in a better spot, which I would have done the same thing. But I think he's been exposed in the NFL as a head coach. He might end up being a good offensive coordinator, but as a head coach, I think he's been deplorable. But I don't hear him making excuses for him for himself, and I don't hear him taking pot shots. Guys like Matt, or I shouldn't say guys like Matt Patricia, on the other hand, always wanting to back himself up. And I, I'm looking at these guys like, you were a one-hit wonder, man. And there's nothing better than, this is after the Chicago loss, where Mitch Trubisky puts it on him. And Matt Patricia was asked a, a, a pointed question where he got hot again with the local media there in Detroit. Throughout, really, your tenure here, you've had fourth-quarter leads and lost them. Is there something in your coaching that maybe isn't happening enough in the fourth quarter for you to close out games? Yeah, I don't think so, Mike. I think I got probably one of the biggest plays in the fourth quarter in the history of the NFL where I think I did a pretty good job. So I don't think it's that. I think we all know what the the individual games are. Um, we got to do a better job. I mean, we've got a team right now that's different than the previous two years. This team is different. They're different players, and they have a different mindset. You know, we, we look no excuses. Give the Bears credit. You know, they did what they did, and they executed, and they and they scored, and and they won, and uh, we didn't. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm not looking back. We're looking forward, and we're trying to make sure that this team that we're building on, uh, you know, understands these situations, and we got to come through better than what we did before. Eh, if you're looking back, if you're not looking back, then I don't think you would go back to that. That makes you sound petty. That makes you sound bad. And it really exposes you for the type of pressure that you think that you're under. It's week one. It was week one. It was a loss to the Chicago Bears in week one. It really exposes you to how not ready you are for that job if you're Matt Patricia. And, and talking directly to Matt Patricia. That shows you how, how not ready you are. When you go out there in front of the media and you tell people to sit up and have some respect for the business, and then you go out there and you turn up performances like you have over the last couple of years, and then you go ahead and you let Mitch Trubisky, which everybody wrote off and thought that he would be replaced halfway through the game, halfway through the game in week one with Nick Foles, and you let him put one up on you like that, and that's your response to somebody, is you can only go back to when you were a defensive coordinator with the New England Patriots with Bill's defense because that's Bill's team, buddy. That's Bill's team. And if you want to go back to your safe spot, then go back to Bill's team. Do what McDaniels did. Learn again and let's see if you can do it again. But hell, McDaniels didn't go back there and keep talking about the glory days back during the better days when he wasn't exposed as a coach. You may be upset with the line of questioning. Lions fans are upset with you sucking up the room, even though they have what seems to be a decent old enough quarterback who would have been putting up good numbers until he got hurt last year and have still been sold a bill of goods yet again. In comes Guy. They think that guy's going to do well. They think that guy's going to change the way. Nope, it's the same old Detroit Lions, the same old sorry-ass Lions every single year since Barry Sanders retired. It's the same thing. I mean, listen to this answer again. I know you got something else cooked up there, Hickey. Go back to this answer again. Listen to the indignity of this answer from Matt Patricia. Go. Yeah, I don't think so, Mike. I think I got probably one of the biggest plays in the fourth quarter in the history of the NFL where I think I did a pretty good job. So I don't think it's that. I think we all know what the, the individual games are. Um, we got to do a better job. I mean, we've got a team right now that's different than the previous two years. This team is different. They're different players, and they have a different mindset. You know, we, we look, no excuses. Give the Bears credit. You know, they did what they did, and they executed, and they and they scored, and, and they won, and uh, we didn't. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not looking back. We're looking forward, and we're trying to make sure that this team that we're building on, uh, you know, understands these situations, and we got to come through better than what we did before. Cry me a river, baby. Go back to when it was. Go back. Put in the tape. Stop watching Lions tape because your job there is done. 
Stop watching Lions tape. Try, stop trying to win. The fans have quit on you. It seems the team has already quit on you. Stop trying to watch the Detroit Lions. Go back to the glory days. Go back and watch the Super Bowls, back when you were worth something. Go back and do that. Because the guy who you just talked to in the media, that guy's still going to have a job at the end of the year. You won't. And you might have just made a lot of money with the Detroit Lions, but I say this all the time about it. It's not about the money in the NFL. It's not about the money with these jobs. We always look at the amount of money. We go, man, he can buy and sell whatever he wants. He's going to be perfectly happy. He doesn't have to deal with it. No, because you know why? Because a guy like Matt Patricia has a huge ego. You just heard it right there. He's upset because he knows that a guy who does know less about football than Matt Patricia does asked him a question about his fourth quarter coaching. And he feels that he has been disrespected in some way, even though he's done nothing to gain respect in terms of winning out there on the football field. And he's upset about that. And do you know why? Because the guy who asked him the question, the guy who I don't even know who asked him the question of, isn't going to be known as a loser at the end of the year the way Matt Patricia is going to be known. Because I see the same thing with Adam Gase that I see in Matt Patricia. And I don't even want to rip Adam Gase. He had one weird press conference where he was looking all over the room, and he actually had fun with it afterwards. I shouldn't really be ripping Adam Gase. I think he's a fraud. I don't think he's a good NFL head coach. And he will also be fired, maybe even before the end of the year, by the New, by the New York Jets. But for Matt Patricia to say what you say, what have you accomplished? You keep bringing up this one play that you had with this one coach that you coach for who is the greatest coach in the history of the game. That doesn't make you the greatest coach in the history of the game. It makes you his assistant pimp. That's what it makes you. You've provided nothing to the NFL. You've provided nothing to the Detroit Lions. And yeah, if I asked you questions about football, you'd know about more about football than me and any one of the fans. That's why you were hired for the job, dummy, is because you do know more about football, and you're supposed to be able to impart that wisdom to your players and get more out of your players. But instead, it's another year, a same old sorry-ass Lions, thanks to you. And we'll see if the next guy is able to do it. But if you end up going back to New England, and maybe you can change your ways. Maybe you can change the way you're able to get to a team. Maybe you are able to change the way. I don't know if you're ever going to get another chance again, considering that these are still also political appointments in a lot of ways, and the way that you talk to the media is seen by other owners, but you don't want to talk about that, Matt. Is that you're a one-hit wonder. You're the LFO. You are the Alana Miles. No, I respect them. I even respect LFO. That song was fun. You are the Chumbawamba of the NFL. Go. Through Mitch. Through the Vikings. Through the Packers. Getting rolled up. To even, even having trying to have some fun with Carrion Johnson out there in Lambeau Field. You have proven nothing. You have given nothing. You have proven nothing as a head coach. You will be nothing in the memory as a head coach for eons and eons until you get another shot. And I'll continue to rip until the dying day because obviously you haven't learned from previous mistakes and you haven't learned from previous mistakes to learn to go forward. Go back to your glory days. Go back to the days of New England. Go back to the days of Daddy Bill and wrapping yourself around him like a warm blanket. You can have as many energy drinks as you possibly want and you can do your defense and maybe we'll give you a good name in the NFL again in the future. I was excited for Matt Patricia. I was excited for the possibilities of him in Detroit, and you can go back in our archives and you could find that. And you have acted as if you were above the Detroit Lions and somehow above an NFL football team. 
You have been figured out. It took a short amount of time. You're not a never will be. You are never was. But keep talking the way you're supposed to talk to the media in that way because then you'll just continue to write that out and you'll continue to be a person who is unhirable as a head coach in the future to other organizations. I have respect for someone to hit wonders. I don't know if I have respect for this. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Up next, yeah, I know you're going to roll your eyes, but I, I, I think that just hear me out on the Lakers. Just hear me out because I think that they actually have a, a, a valid point about LeBron and the free throw line. Also, I'm very mad at Hickey about something he said about Halloween. It's coming up. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. I'm not going to be able to get to this LeBron point, am I? I'm not going to be able to do it. I want to, and I'm just, I already know. I got calls here, 855-212-4227. And I still got to bust after Hickey. Plus, I, I, I want to bring up Bill Belichick's shirt. I just want to know. I'm not going to be able to do it. <sighs> they make a good point. All right, you know what? I'm going to promise I'm going to do it right after this call. Let me get to Brian in Indianapolis. I think I'm going to like this one. Brian, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hey, Ken. Um, lifelong Lions fan here, 60 years old. They've been rebuilding since my birth. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Patricia's first year, maybe second year, press conference, the guy asks a question, he's slouching in his seat, and Patricia calls him out and embarrasses him in front of the whole room. And this is from a guy that could stand to maybe put down the donut himself. And ever since that time, I just, man, the guy, I got no respect for the guy at all. If you talk to people like that, you know, I, you better go out and win games. You know, you better, like Bill Belichick. No, you know what? Bill Belichick doesn't say anything to anybody. You remember the situation that happened last year? You might, you might not, with Nick Saban about his quarterbacks and he kind of went after Maria Taylor after a football game. Yeah. It might have been two years ago and Nick Saban had, you know, he, Nick Saban went there and he, he, he called up Maria Taylor, and he, he should have. It was a weird moment, and he, he apologized to Maria Taylor, and it was the right thing to do. We all moved on. Nick Saban gets away with that type of thing, and not that it's the right thing to do or it's something you want to get away with, honestly, but Nick Saban's won a lot of games, and Nick Saban's been very successful, so you tend to get away with a little bit of that stuff. When you talk like that to people, I don't care, and people don't like the media, and there's media members I don't even like, Brian, but when you do that, you're really, in a way, talking to your fan base, and it just feels like, wait a minute, what, what, are you, what are you telling your fan base here? Because if you went out and you won and they were 11-5 and five or 12-4 and four every year and Matt Patricia says something like that, you go, man, Patricia, you got to love that guy. When you go out there and embarrass yourself and you continuously make excuses and you bring up the New England thing, which was years ago, which should be eons ago and should be in the past if you're a current head coach in the NFL, I, I look at you and I go, you've, you've really lost it. You're being petty with people trying to save your own – Trying to save your own whatever legacy you have, you really need to go. I, that's the way I feel, Brian. Saban apologized, you know. Yeah, that, yeah. Everybody makes mistakes, you know. You own up to your mistakes and you apologize. That's Patricia. He doesn't, you know. He just, he just moves on, man. He's he's uh, too good for everybody else. It, it just seems very cheap, and 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 I think I I think you just said it right there. And 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 Brian, thank you very much for the call. He'll he'll get fired more than likely at the end of the year or before that. And he'll say that Indianapolis, or excuse me, Brian was in Indianapolis. He's a Lions fan. He'll say Detroit is the wrong place for him. And maybe he'll be welcomed back with, to Bill Belichick. He does welcome back former coaches. And he'll work for Belichick, and maybe we'll talk about it again. But the, the more you say, 
you got to remember these these are also political jobs, folks. Like there is something where can this guy speak to our fan base? Can he can he go out there and deliver? Because a lot of this is media. A lot of this is being the face of your franchise. I mean, if you're an NFL head coach during a week, Monday, Tuesday you're off. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's four. Um, I don't think there's any pregame. You're given five press conferences a a week at least. Five. You're going to be asked a bunch of questions. You're going to be asked a bunch of questions multiple times. And you're going to be asked uncomfortable questions. But, yes, there are people who are jackals who are trying to make you look bad or trying to get something out of you. Can you handle that? That's why Bill Belichick does what he does. I don't blame Bill Belichick for a second for for (laughs) treating us like – Oh, being quiet. He doesn't treat us bad. He just He's just quiet. I don't blame him for that. Every now and then you get him to crack a smile, and it's something that you behold, but I don't blame him for that. These guys who go for go for big-time words, big-time quotes, things like that, doesn't, doesn't make as much sense. John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh has always gone the Tony Dungy route. Every team John Harbaugh and the, and the Ravens play is the greatest team in the history of the NFL. He loves all their players. He loves their coaches. He loves their history. Every single one. You know why? Because guys like me are never going to rip him and spend a whole segment ripping him and saying he should be fired over something he said. Because flatly, if you are asked that question, you didn't talk about your team. You didn't talk about your players. You brought up something with another team. Half these guys weren't even playing for you when that was going on. You just defended yourself. It's supposed to be about your team, your ego. Because you just went back to a team that was coached by another man. That's all that was. That was a personal defense and petty. You know, if you go out there and win every other game on the on the schedule, that's fine. you won't, and you probably won't win many of them. But you can always start to rebuild that and go on, but I, I really think it's too little too late, and I think he's probably done in Detroit. You're doing this type of thing still with the media. It's a bad look. And that's from last week. My goodness. They they went and lost another game. You're doing this type of thing. It, it's a bad look. And it's it's where the team probably needs to be a separ- it needs to have a separation. The Lions will need a new coat of paint. In the words of Bruce Pitch- Bruce Pritchard, and you're probably going to need to go back to Daddy over there in New England and and get it figured out and maybe just maybe we'll We'll, we'll talk about you again as a head coach. But this whole Rasputin thing you got going on there, it just it ain't going to work this time. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Speaking of Belichick, I just want to know, from the shirt, Bill Belichick's always been a guy, and I know his, 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 some people were wondering if he was wearing it after his mother passed. He, I, I have sympathy about his mother, trust me. A 98-year-old woman, he said some very nice things about his mother and how she was so supportive of his father, who was a good football coach, did not have the same type of security that Bill Belichick has been able to afford himself throughout his sterling career. And so if you're going to be a football coach's wife, it takes a strong backbone and really a commitment and an amount of guts that a lot of people, and I mean people, don't have. And so some of these wives deal with some very difficult things because it goes back to what Vince Vince Lombardi's wife went through with Marie is that he was never really there. He was there physically, mentally, he was checked out. Vince Lombardi Jr. has always talked about that. The whole family has always talked about that. During seasons, or most of the year while he was coaching, he was there, but he wasn't. He pulled in the wrong driveways, the whole thing. But I did notice the shirt, and I got to tell you, 
for a guy who has cut thousands of players, who has traded thousands, cut and traded thousands, who walked right down the hallway after he got tired of hearing it from Robert Kraft and traded Jimmy Garoppolo to the first person he thought of for a second-round pick. A guy who quit on the Jets was the same day, was it the same day he was hired or within the same week said he was quitting the Jets, not knowing necessarily he was going to get a job with the Patriots. Technically, he was still under some sort of a weird contract. He didn't know if he was doing it. He didn't like it. A guy who's cut players, who's moved on from jobs, dream jobs in the NFL. He's been married. He's been divorced. He let go of Tom Brady. He got rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. He, he cut. Bernie Kosar, and on our city, this is probably one of the biggest sports stories in the history of our city. He cut Bernie Kosar, said diminishing skills was the reason. This is a man who has, when anything has ever not been useful to him, he has had no problem moving on. He has kept that shirt. I talked to Gerard Cherry, who won three Super Bowls with Bill Belichick. He goes, that's the old, that's the old script. That's a 20-year-old shirt. He's had that shirt for 20 years. I don't think a shirt can look like that if he just got it off the rack earlier this summer. There's no way. Unless he decided to be John McClain, I don't think there's any chance that that shirt could have been that way. And he looked at that script. Gerard looks at that script and goes, that's an old shirt. That's a 20-year-old shirt. He had that when we won the Super Bowl, the first one. What makes a guy, I want to know this, and I don't need, I'm, I'm not asking for calls. It's something I'm always going to be wondering, and I know I'm never going to truly get the answer to. Maybe Gresh can answer it tomorrow night here on CBS Sports Radio. I just need to know how a guy who's never been, never been a stickler, never held on for too long, has always moved on. When he was willing to move on with something, when he had a doubt, he was always willing to move on. Of all the things in his life, the important things in his life, that shirt has stayed with him for 20 years. It's going to be a question that is going to bother me for a very long time until I find it out. I hope Gresh, I hope Christopher Price, I hope somebody over there in Boston can tell me the answer. 855-2124-CBS. I'm finally going to get to my LeBron point, and Hickey really made me upset about my favorite holiday. It's all coming up next. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4227. Speak now or forever hold your peace. That's the toll-free number brought to you by Geico. Do you know that right now Geico is offering an extra 15% on car, motorcycles, and RV policies? Folks, that's on top of what Geico could already save you. What are you waiting for? Visit Geico.com to learn more. I'm going to get this off my chest about LeBron, and then I'm going to move on to Hickey because Hickey upset me the other day. He really upset me, and I'm going to call him out on the carpet to end the show, and I'm probably going to end up doing it next month as well. You're going to roll your eyes, and I understand that. The Lakers made a pitch to the NBA, and in it they presented evidence, a case, to the NBA LeBron is getting to the free throw line enough. And immediately, and because there's other things going on with LeBron, I know, I know, I know, yeah. I got it. I know. A lot of you guys don't like LeBron, politics, whatever. Clear that out for just a second because it's true. Nothing's going to change. The NBA will say, okay, you guys are on the record. Thank you very much. Nothing's going to change. He is still going to finish at the rim, and he's still going to fall, and he's still going to bitch, and that's what he's going to do because that's LeBron. That's what he's done for 17 years. He goes, he drives to the line, to the lane, in the words of the great Joe Tate, boom, finish, 
looking for the foul, doesn't get it, upset. Down they go the other end. He wants the end one, doesn't get the end one, or certainly when he misses a shot and he hits the deck, oh, my God, he's going to flip out. And I know you're tired of looking at it. But I also know you if you watch enough LeBron and you watch enough NBA, you also know it's true. It's true. Of course he's getting hacked up there. He's got to get hacked up there. It's LeBron James. And for a head of steam, and I have evidence to back this up myself, but when I when you're looking at a guy who comes in with, with that type of physical presence, what else are you going to do with LeBron, especially with LeBron, where he's changed the way he's played now over the last 10 years and he's become more efficient, a better shooter, better from the better from the field than he's ever been before? When he first came into the league, it was one of the worst things to see when he'd hit a three because you knew it was an invitation to take five more that wouldn't even get close. Now he's become a more efficient three-point shooter. He's been more efficient from the field. There was always a drop step and a couple of nice shots. You go, my goodness. But always LeBron's game has been violent, right to the rack, blow by everybody, work off a of pick and roll. He was always a great he was always a great driver and scorer and always a great guy who was able to disperse the pe- – to his own detriment at times, always able to disperse a great passer, always known to attack and then pass – which would open some things up and make some problems, which is, again, more evidence that I'll present later on. But it's true. And you don't like LeBron, and I know you don't like LeBron. But the reason you're going to roll your eyes and the reason you're doing it right now is just because you don't like LeBron. If you watch the NBA, you know it. He goes to the he goes to the rim, he's going to get hacked. There are a set of LeBron rules. He's going to get hacked, and they're not going to call it unless it's just egregious. Then, yes, they'll call the foul. But he's definitely going to get fouled, and he definitely has a case for it. If you watched him in any one of those places, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But nothing's going to change because they can't change it. Because if they do and they give LeBron those calls, it makes it unfair. I think LeBron's well on his way to winning his fourth title. Miami has been a great story. I know that Boston kept themselves alive. I think Miami's going to be the one to punch the ticket in the East, and I think they are a tremendous story. It dawned on me at the end of Robin Lumberg's show because the question was asked by, by Anthony Pirino, and it was a great question. I didn't realize Pat Riley's been with the Miami Heat for 25 years. Time just flew. Pat Riley's done a great job building that team. Miami's a great team. Hero, you can't stop talking about him. Bama Debo, you can't stop talking about him. Obviously, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's a throwback, an old-school guy. You heard Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett just lauded him with praise, saying he was an old-style guy. He's back to a 90s-style of basketball player. Grittier, tough, those guys. They're a fun story because there's a lot of guys on that team you probably don't know. It's a team of guys who are, who are really not the big-time stars the way we see with some teams in the West. But I still think LeBron and the Lakers will get him in the end, and and they'll go on and they'll win their fourth title. Whether or not you agree, whether or not it's a legitimate title because it's a bubble title, whatever it is, we'll have that discussion another day. I think he's on his way to it. But if I were to call more fouls, if the NBA were to actually call more fouls for LeBron and put LeBron to the line even more, I think it's unfair. There is a system to the NBA and in sports where we have to balance it out. And there are guys who, if I gave them everything that they were supposed to get if I'm an official, they're going to make the game unfair. We might end up seeing that with Patrick Mahomes in the NFL one day. 
to watch what he's able to do where you just spot teams going into the fourth quarter and you're able to just go out and steal victory from them, this is something I haven't seen in quite a while. This is pretty amazing stuff what Patrick Mahomes is able to do. Hell, I'm almost willing to say Lamar Jackson. They still say that Lamar Jackson should have flags that are thrown for him with some of the contact that happens down the field. If I do that, how do I stop the Ravens? The Ravens already, they haven't lost in almost a calendar year now in the regular season, not since week four last year. How else am I supposed to stop that guy? And in the NBA, it's LeBron because it's become the opposite of Hackashack. If I foul LeBron, and that's a called foul, I still have a better shot, and I know he's always been kind of up and down when it comes to the free throws, but if he's been a more efficient shooter, he's still been more efficient than he has been in the past at the free throw line, and he's certainly more efficient than Shaquille O'Neal. I can't call every foul for LeBron. I can't call every foul on the opposing team. Even at 35-36, how is one supposed to defend him? And it's not just my words, it's the evidence of other people. It's the words of other people that are giving it to it. Ethan Skolnick, who yeah, I know his name is not really bandied about in positive terms anymore in, in sports, did write a pretty amazing piece for the Bleach Report when he was covering the Miami Heat and talking to LeBron and talking to other teams. And it wasn't just his. I read from Jeff Perlman. I, I collected that. I collected from Rachel Nichols on this one. Here I got more evidence here from Ethan Strauss. I have more evidence here from, which one is this one? This is David Aldridge. I got five articles right here, right here for you. Different people saying different things about guarding LeBron over his entire career. Detroit asking themselves, Rip Hamilton saying, the covering the pick and roll. You had to be body with him. You had to be one-on-one with him as much as you possibly could. You had to be physical, and you had to guard against the pick and roll. You never wanted to let LeBron just be the guy to shoot. You always wanted him to pass it off to some other people because he didn't have the necessary tools to get over on you. And he was still able to get over on you. But they were talking about him being in a different role where he was more of a charger. You wanted him to stop and try to pop and try to shoot it. You couldn't. That was Detroit in the early days. Stan Van Gundy talked about the spread one-on-one. Where they had the shooters in Orlando, they wanted the one-on-one. And if LeBron were to put up 50 points and hit a buzzer beater and beat you like he did in game two of that series against Orlando back in 2009, and it still didn't even matter, then they were willing to live with that. It was the other pieces that they weren't willing to let kill him. The Spurs in 2014, LeBron averages 28-7-4. He shoots 57% from the field. Dwayne Wade, 15 points per game in that series. Chris Bosh, 14 points per game in that series. Both below their season averages. If LeBron gets to the line, especially on 28-7-4, if LeBron gets to the line when he's supposed to, how much does history change? Does he have a fifth ring? Does he have a four? Does he have four already going for number five? There are certain players in certain sports that I just can't call it down the line for all of them. LeBron's one of those guys. It was the same way with Shaq. It's why I've always been a defender of Shaquille O'Neal, and I felt he's underrated. And it's the same way with this when it comes to LeBron. If he got every foul he was supposed to get called for him, I don't know how many rings he might have, and I mean that sincerely. Maybe he'd still only have three. I wonder if he'd have a fourth. Not that he would have beat San Antonio in 2014 
It's argued that he quit even in that series, even with 28-7-4 in that series, and it's argued whether or not the rest of the Heat checked out. And the Spurs are still one of the best dynasties in professional sports history. But to the Mavericks, to the early days, to one of the – there's always a possibility. There's certain guys you can't call it right. I think LeBron is right. I think the Lakers are right. I don't think it's going to matter worth anything. They can't change it because if they do, you're already stacking up. If you're Miami, you're already stacking up a lot to have to play LeBron and the Lakers. It wouldn't even be a series. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Hickey, you're going to get a reprieve. I want to get to these calls. Jason in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hello, my friend, and thank you. <laughs> it's good to talk to I you, know friendo. You, I know you're running out of time, but I enjoy your show so much. Okay, you. when you when you were speaking about the Raiders, Thanks. I'm an old-school Raiders guy. Okay, and nobody knows this, and I was arguing with my friend, who's now tuned into your show, too, oh. because I was bragging about you. So okay. he's listening. Okay, right. 1997. Al Davis, yes, he lost it at the end, but... It's family. Al Davis, okay, 1997, Leon Bender, first-round draft pick. Don't believe me, you can look it up. Okay. Defensive lineman, he died before he ever played um, a single game for the Raiders. Al Davis honored the first year of his contract to take care of his wife and child. I was having a party with the wife and child out in Oakland, and a bunch of us, we just stood around, you know, I was like, don't mess with her. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. she's sad, she's upset, but that's what family does. And again, I know you're running out of time, but that's that was my main point. But the second point, and Lord, I love your show, for the wrestling thing, greatest tag team of all time, uh, the Dudley Boys. And the Dudley Boys. Real, I'll just say this real quick. Diva, okay. bring me the tables. <laughs> Jason. Okay, that's all. Carry on, my brother. Thank you very much for for the call. Thank you very much for the call. Thank you for the entertainment. But when I have my buddy in Kansas City putting my Raiders down, I will go on national radio and correct him and let him know. I'm perfectly fine with that. Thank you very much. Jason in Myrtle Beach listening. No, we did the top five favorite favorite tag teams with Pierno earlier today, and I'll be tweeting those out right after the show. The, The thing I said about the Raiders earlier is that I think they've always belonged in Las Vegas. As much as I hate when teams move, it's always it's an emotional thing. These are not just companies; these are these are really personal things to us, especially football teams. Uh, above a lot, it's football because you usually gather for football games, and I know it's weird this year because of the whole pandemic thing. Uh, but you usually gather for football games, so it's not just you're not just watching the Raiders. It's the memories you have watching the Raiders with your family, the memory memories you have with your family, and the Raiders were in the background. They become parts of your family. In that turn. But just watching them on Monday, I'm going, man, they, they should have been in Vegas their entire time. There's just something that's that's fun and a little bit dangerous about that. Let me get to Pedro in Cleveland. Pedro, you got like 60 seconds, if that. Go. Hurry, go. Yo, Pedro. Yo, talk. What's going on? Yo, Hickey. 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 
Ken. What, he what was. Put, what are you putting on the phone? Pedro was fired up. He loved your Matt Patricia take. He said he's going to be the one of the worst head coaches to go down did, in NFL history. He, he wasn't on hold. I don't that know long. what he was doing. What did he do? Did he take Quaaludes? Do they even make Quaaludes anymore? If I don't think so. I don't. If they do, they're very expired, and maybe that's why it was like a, a delayed effect. Maybe that was it. I. Uh, I he sounded God, good I on hope the phone. Not. He, are you sure? Because he didn't sound that good right he there sounded on like the he phone. He was doing something else in the background. I guess he was must have been distracted. He sounded like he was slurred, and he sounded like he was loaded there for a moment. My God, I wanted to hear what he had to say about Matt Patricia. Now we've reached we've reached the crescendo. We've reached the end of the show. I should have just let Jason on for very much longer because now I can't go into hammering you for a very terrible take that you have about Halloween, my it's favorite not a holiday. Take. Yes, it is it a is terrible so take. It's an so and I would I would be dare to say it's an un-American take. It's oh, an overrated man. holiday. That's what you're willing to say to me as we end this show? Yes. This glorious Saturday show, the first day that we've had SEC football back, the glorious SEC with this glorious show and this glorious day, and that's what you want to depart with me with? Well, guess what? Next week, you're going to get it. You're going to get it tough, and you're going to get it for the entire two hours that you're with me. Because you ain't going to say that about Halloween, and I'm damn sure not going to let you say that about my my beautiful SEC. Big thanks to everybody. Hickey. Pirano, Belletti, Herskowitz, they were all fantastic. You're going to love Filipponi next. He's great. I'm Ken Carmen. You guys have a wonderful weekend, my Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.